G'day everyone, my name is Tom Craig and you're listening to my podcast, The Help Side, where we speak to some of the most recognisable names in world hockey and get an insight into who they are, what they're about and what makes them tick. Now if you like what you hear, feel free to follow our socials at The Help Side on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. We'd absolutely love that. Welcome back, part B of the two-parter with Flynn Ogilvy. I'm very excited. If you're just tuning in, make sure you go back and listen to part A with Flynn. It's a cracker. For those of you, see you soon. For the rest of you, let's go. You had to deal with another another issue. I remember um, Matthew Swan, who's probably up until recently the most famous bald Australian hockey player <laughs> of the current era, exception of Rob Hammond, obviously. Um, all of a sudden, you're sporting a new haircut with a big beard and looked a lot like Swanee. And, and, <laughs> I, and I, I know that commentators got you confused a few times. Um, do you want to talk us through that? I was actually watching something from the Pro League the other day. Yeah. And they referred to me as Matthew Swan. <laughs> yeah, it happened Even a lot. though I was on the baseline in our attacking half. I don't think he gets there very often. <laughs> Mate, Swanee, he motors. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, yeah. But Ash Morrison, the commentator, did apologise to me a couple of times because yep. he referred to me as Matthew Swan. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, I I can't even remember when it happened. Twenty started twenty nineteen. Yep. I found a bald spot in the middle of my head, mm-hmm. um, and I jokingly said to my girlfriend because she was over at the time. I jokingly said I've got alopecia, <laughs> and she was like, "No, you don't. If you have alopecia, I'll shave my hair." <laughs> okay. And then <laughs> I went to the doctors a couple of times, and the, the, our GP or our team doctor yep. was said he's like. I think it might be alopecia, but it could be just a skin condition. Yeah. So he sent me to the, um, what's the skin doctor called? Dermatologist. Dermatologist, yeah. Sent me to the dermatologist and he looked at it for one second and said alopecia. Yeah, okay. And I was like, what the hell's alopecia? Yeah. And he told me that I'll lose all my hair. The genetic, the genetic one when you lose your eyebrows and stuff, so I don't have that. Yeah. And this was just random. Yeah. They said it might be from stress. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you think it was related to the hammy and the, the issues don't know I don't think it was related to the hammy because that was a wow uh, yeah maybe from not playing well and that sort of stuff but he said it could also be from training just like uh, physical stress training yeah. hard and, but yeah okay not really sure sure and um, it led to some pretty I remember you actually announced it to the, the lads in our um, group chat like our Kookaburras group chat and you sent a photo of an egg with a beard saying <laughs> Because I think we were over Christmas break. I don't know. I think it was over Christmas break. No, so. you guys were away at Pro League. Oh, we were at Pro League. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You guys were in Melbourne. Sure. And I was meeting you in Tassie because that's the game. So oh, I yeah, yeah. To play. True, true. And Welchie had just shaved his head as well. Yeah. So but was for a him, very different reason. Yeah, everyone was calling him the egg. Yeah. So He does look a lot like an egg. I thought, I've shaved my head, but I've still got a beard. So yeah. I'll just send a picture of an egg with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> and... That was the hardest part, I reckon, about alopecia, was rocking up to places that people don't know you've got a bald head. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to tell people that I had it before I rocked up. Yeah, true, true. So that was the hardest bit. Was, I reckon was, was the hardest bit, because multiple times I rocked up to places where someone was there that hadn't seen me in ages, yeah. and they introduced themselves to me. Yeah. Oh. Thinking that I was someone <laughs> different. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, you've always been... Um, You've always looked after your salad on top very well. Like, sported some very nice haircuts, typically long flowing locks. You even sported a headband for some time. 
Um, do have a very nice head of hair, which is back, by the way. Um, Nearly. Almost, almost. Left. Tiny, but you can't really tell from this from this angle anyway. Um, but during that time, there was some pretty... It was a chance to experiment with some different haircuts as well. I actually didn't mind the bald head. Yep. Because... It's very smooth. A lot less work as well. Mm. You don't have to... You just wake up, Sharon, and you dry straight away. It's amazing. You don't have to worry about drying your hair or anything. Really fast swimmer. Too. <laughs> yeah. Did take up swinging in that period. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, had to had the bald head and beard and didn't mind it. Yeah. The beard got a bit out of control there for a while. Got pretty long. So that was tough. Did Katie ever shave her head? Never shaved her head. I told her she didn't have to. Oh, I let you her let off the hook. Because I thought it would be look a bit funny if both of us had a shaved head. That would be matching, you know. I mean, I think Katie should have shaved her head because she <laughs> said she would, but um, that's up to you guys to sort out. Um, okay, and then, and obviously your hair's back here. I have to say that your, arguably your best haircut was probably during Hockey 1 of 2019, um, playing for the New South Wales Pride, and there was a little story that happened in, uh, we were in Melbourne for the final, something like that. Oh yeah, a little bit of a sledge in the crowd. Do you want to, yeah, do you yeah. remember that story? Yeah, I actually forgot about that haircut when you said I experimented with haircuts. Well, like, that was a goodie. No, I just had a bald head. That was but, that was jar hair. Yeah, so <laughs> my hair started to grow back, but only on top. So at the boys were calling it Dusty Martin, but his goes down the back, I think. Yeah. So mine was literally just a circle of hair on my head, <laughs> which wasn't great. I think it looked great. <laughs> it was and, different. And then some fella, I only heard him once, but apparently he sledged me multiple times during the game. Uh, he yelled out something about my hair. Um, and then after the game, we'd won. He was a Queensland supporter. We'd been in Queensland. And he came up and apologized. Yeah, he apologized. He uh, said, sorry, mate. I was the one sledging you from the crowd. You had a good game. Well done. Didn't realize I had alopecia. At this time. At so this it, time. It, he didn't even apologize for alopecia. He still stuck by the... The shitty he, haircut. He stuck it was. by the dodgy haircut, which <laughs> it was. Um, but then, so he got a photo with me. He said, mm. well done, good win, got a photo with me. He was quite drunk at the time. Yep. Um, and then a few weeks later, Kurt Lovett, working at Hockey New South Wales, sent me an email that Hockey New South Wales got. And it was an email from this bloke with the picture attached saying that someone had told him, someone more in the hockey circles than him had told him, that I had alopecia he felt really bad apologised sent the photo and asked if he could buy a shirt because he felt so bad don't know if you bought a shirt I hope he did did you what, what happened didn't you send him a shirt I was meant to send him a shirt oh no yeah I forget his now. name but now you've thrown me in it I'll have to send him the shirt I'll throw you in it you'd better if he's listening to this podcast whoever you are <laughs> I don't know your name but write in and Flynn O'Reilly will owe you a shirt yeah, courtesy you, of the website <laughs> if you sledged a guy in the New South Wales Pride team with a shocking haircut write in to Tom it's <laughs> uh, good stuff alright and the hair's back and we're all the ha- hair's back the hammy's good you're playing some excellent hockey actually at that tournament um, you were player of the tournament so well and truly back to your best which is very cool um, I want to talk briefly about the the shifting in positions because that's definitely something that um, people have noticed. I mean, you played DM. Um, you probably grew up playing majority centre half and through the midfield. Um, I remember watching you play you know, under twelves, maybe you were playing centre half, moved into the midfield, like um, attacking midfielder, and also obviously played striker. And when you first came into the scene, you're probably playing more more striker and then back to the DM. Anyway, you moved around a lot. 
how's your attitude towards that now? I mean, it's difficult to, to shift between positions in the international game. I mean, they're all quite different and they're specialist things that you have to do. But having done that, what's your, um, yeah, how do you feel about it and, and what's your secret? Um, yeah, playing, I played strike when I first came in. Yep. Every now and then got to play midfield when one of the guns were out. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I didn't think I was a, I was a striker. Mm. Barely ever played there. I played a bit there for New South Wales at AHL when I was young. Yeah. Um, had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I think Nathan Eggington was quite helpful. He was yep. our strike coach at the time. And um, I just remember him working with me a fair bit, sending me videos on Huddle of what I need to do. Yeah. Um, trying to make me a better shooter because mm. I couldn't hit the ball at all. Mm. I was shocking at hitting. Um, so yeah he worked with me a lot in the first year or two yeah year or two yeah. and that really helped I understood how to play striker more mm. rather than just playing midfield yep. a bit higher up the ground yep more <laughs> um, so yeah he was he was really helpful and at that time I just like it, it was just my reality I knew I wasn't going to play midfield too much with guys like Eddie and Orch and those guys running yep. through there yeah wasn't going to get much of a go. Yeah. Um, so I just embraced that, tried to get as good as I could, listen to him as much as I could. Mm. Um, got to play a few games up there, scored mm. a few goals, not that many. Mm. Couple of goodies. Couple of goodies, not as many as I should have scored. <laughs> you scored 22 goals for Australia, that's not too bad. Not too bad, but <laughs> I think it should be a bit more. Could be. I remember Orch telling me that a striker should score one in three games or something one in two games yeah okay and a midfield a bit less yeah okay. so I'm well off that <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you just like become a defender yeah then, I might then your average will I thought amazing. I was on my way back to defender at a point when well, I went from striker to AM to DM I thought I was well with the indoor which we'll get to I thought like, I was going to become a defender but good. then Eddie Ockenden style yeah anyway continue um yeah and then I always knew that I'd prefer to play midfield. Yep. That's where I'd played forever. Yep. Um, uh, and then when everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people left the squad after the, after Rio, I yep. got my chance to play centre-half at the end of 2016. Um, loved it. Mm. It's where I feel my, most comfortable. I know what I'm doing. Mm. I don't have to think too much in there. Yeah. And, yeah. And then when I had went back to striker, as I said, I was quite frustrated. Yeah. But I think when I started to play well there, I was just focused on basics because as a striker, you don't touch the ball a lot. You um, have to make the most of every touch. Yep. Usually if you miss a trap or a shot in the circle, you're ridiculed. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. not ridiculed, but you're under the pump. You get a few bad looks from yeah. midfielders. You get <laughs> the ball like you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest thing I took into playing striker was just do everything as clean as I could yeah whereas when you play a bit further back in the field you can have a bit of a loose touch sometimes yeah and get away with it yeah true so true. that was the biggest thing true and do you see it as a challenge now playing striker is it is it something that you you like are you averse to the to the possibility of playing striker or because you typically find yourself out there like sometimes you'll be up cruising around I mean midfield is a pretty fluid position sometimes you spend a bit of time up there or yeah I still don't love the idea of striker yeah. but uh, I think it was Rob said to me that we basically play so fluid these days that you're going to end up there, so you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Even if I'm playing midfield. Yeah. So yeah, I've, it's a bit of a challenge now to be able to do it well. Yeah. Rather than just go up there and go through the motions and yeah. not, not enjoy it. Yeah. 
Yeah, true. All right, we're going to move on to um, on tour because that's obviously a big part. We've spoken about living in Sydney, we've spoken about living in Perth, but realistically, we also live elsewhere. There's like a third third option, which where we spend a lot of time, um, which is overseas. And you spoke about how Eddie and Moose um, spoke highly of you and, and called you a game breaker and these sorts of things, um, and that meant a lot to you. What's it like being? I mean, and and additionally. During your rehab, you just come back into the change room and hang out and just chat with the guys. I mean, like it's a it's a pretty close environment, and I think people often recognise that when we're playing. Um, we seem to be pretty good mates, and I and I'd say we are. What do you? What's your experience with the team? Um, on tour, the best thing's just having all your mates next door. Basically, mm. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many times you're just in someone else's room having a coffee or at on. A lot of tours, we're in our room a lot, yep. which can get boring, but the fact that everyone's just happy to chill out in each other's room, talk a lot of shit, <laughs> especially Jerry. Yes, especially Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes it quite fun because yep. we're all good mates, as you said. We get along with each other. Yep. And the fact that we can just chill out for hours yeah. and do nothing, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, it shows how good of a team we are. For sure. And the the approval of your teammates as well, or like having your teammates, um, I guess, back you as the example of Eddie and Moose, is that important, do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. I think it just makes you feel welcome sort of thing. Mm. If people don't think you're a good player, they're not going to want to play with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if they try their hardest, I don't think they're going to they're gonna make it tough for you to... To play with them yeah um so yeah that was that was really really cool when fitzy showed me that because yeah. obviously you have doubts but when you hear that you, it makes you feel feel really good and just confident yeah and yeah i don't think we as a playing group say it to each other too much we're quite good at um being hard on each other and making each other better but we don't really talk each other up too much yeah yeah you don't want to be blowing smoke up each other's ass all the time but yeah. you want to you want to make people feel good a quiet word here or there yeah yeah is that something that you take back into into club stuff or pride or um i don't i don't think i do it enough mm. i think as australians we're pretty good at being harsh on each other <laughs> <laughs> um but when we were at the pride i, I didn't want to just be nice to everyone but when the younger kids would do something i would try to make them know that they were playing well mm yeah yeah good point um all right so back on tour do you have a favorite place to go away on tour and is there a story you might not have one of these because this is off the bat but is there a story that kind of sums up what it's like to be away on tour uh, sums up being on tour would be when we're in Raipur, i'd say in india mm-hmm. when we played that hockey golf game and we sort of just ruled the hotel yep that was pretty cool we were flicking balls off the roof <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> big roof too that was like a 15 story building yeah and they just did not care yeah like you just run the show basically when you're there as a team yeah so that's sort of what it's like you just do whatever you want you have fun with each other playing games yeah so that's what tour life is sort of like yeah and you're saying that Raipur is your favourite tour not destination not saying no I could have inferred that India yeah. can be fun at times yeah. but no Raipur wouldn't be my favourite destination I would say Europe's always good yeah because normally when you go to Europe it's on a tour so you go to different countries you get to see heaps of stuff yeah um, play in different locations and play against some of the best teams as well. Yeah, good crowds. So, you, yeah, you get out and about, you see things. It's usually nice weather because we go there in summer. True. Yeah, 
So Europe's probably my favourite place. Speaking of, this is probably the first winter you've spe- spent at home for a little while as well. Probably. We're always overseas. like full a full winter. Full winter. Yeah, we we normally overseas. Mm. In yeah, usually in Europe. Which is quite nice to be honest, because really training nice. <laughs> training um, in Perth at six a.m. is not fun in the winter. winter. No. Now, usually at this point in the show, we introduce this week's hero of hockey, which is someone who encapsulates the spirit of hockey through their selfless contributions to the sport. This week's a little different, and I'm very excited to announce an initiative brought to you by our partners at Voodoo Hockey Australia to bolster our hero of hockey segment and hopefully incentivize you to write in with your heroes of hockey. Now, we're looking for you to write in and tell us about a local hero of hockey that deserves a pat on the back for doing what they do. Just get in contact with us and you automatically will earn yourself $100 off a Voodoo hockey stick and the person you nominate will go in the running to win a Voodoo prize pack valued at up to $590 Aussie dollars, which includes a Voodoo hockey stick, a Voodoo bag and a Voodoo sweater. Now, previously on the show, we've had some brilliant servants of hockey some of whom have offered a lifetime of service in their community. And we absolutely love those submissions. By all means, please, please keep rolling those in. They're great. But at the help side, we also love a good yarn. And if you have a story centering out a person in your club that's too good not to share, then we're all ears. Not all heroes wear capes, and your hero might have scored 10 goals in a final or be a goalie that prefers to save goals with their head. Whatever it may be, we want to hear about them and we'll share their story on the show. So get in touch with us, check our socials for more details and good luck. Let's move on actually to to indoor because you're a bit different to a lot of the other um, cookwares and that. You're from Wollongong, which means that you play indoor. True. Um, and and you went to the 2000, I think it was 15, or was the end of 14? Start of 15. Start of 15. 15. Yeah, start 2015, indoor World Cup. Um, people who don't know, Wollongong is like the hub of indoor in Australia. I mean, most of the Australian indoor team come from Wollongong, and most of them come from Flynn's family. Um, typically there's all three of them in a, in the um, in the Australian national team but throw in a raft of other people from the gong you're pretty much just doing for Wollongong more or less playing for Australia yeah a lot of the Australian indoor team have come from Wollongong but also a big number come from Canberra as well Canberra is quite a big indoor um, state or so city yeah. ACT yeah um, so yeah Wollongong and Canberra are the big ones yeah why is it why is indoor so big in Wollongong and I mean it's not a big sport in Australia I think that's probably fair to say um, growing up you'd probably play indoor most most people would play indoor when they're not playing outdoor but once you get to opens it kind of takes a bit of a backseat which is quite different to the European scene mm. um, you want to talk about that um, I don't know why it's so big in Wollongong I think when I was really young one of the guys that was around, well, like one of the prominent guys around the outdoor scene, loved indoor, so yep. he tried to get it started up. Who's um, that? Ernie Orth. Yeah. I think, I think that's how it started. Mm. To be, I think it was always being played, but I think he yeah, got yeah, more yeah. kids 
into it. And um, so since then, it's been a huge thing in, in Wollongong. Everyone plays it in the off-season. Yeah. But I think why it's so different to Europe is it's in our summer. Mm. So guys that play outdoor hockey, a lot of them don't choose to play indoor hockey in the summer. They normally just take a break. And, yeah. Um, and you're competing with cricket and yeah. that sort of stuff with kids. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Europe definitely have a uh, heads up there playing in their winter. They get to definitely. play inside and it's during their hockey season still, basically. So yeah. They all play it, whereas we have to compete with other sports. Yeah. What was that like playing in the 15 World Cup? I mean, we can we compete? Are we competitive in, in international indoor or? Well, we actually took a pretty good team to that one, mm-hmm. but we didn't we didn't play too well. We didn't make a quarterfinal or anything. Um, we lost to Iran actually, who ended up coming. They're not bad though. Third. At the last one, yeah. Oh, um, second, third. Don't know where they came. They're pretty good. They were in the top four the last two World Cups. Yeah. But before that, they hadn't really done anything, so we weren't very happy losing to Iran. Mm. Um, but we lost that game, which meant we didn't get into quarter finals. But it was it was really fun. It's a short tournament. It's about a week long, um, and all the European nations are really good at it. All their outdoor players play. Their international outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, it was just great experience. It was in Germany. They pack a stadium, like a basketball stadium, basically mm. full of fans that are just going crazy. <laughs> um, my brother told a story of uh, the Dutch indoor comp. Apparently, it was like a third division indoor game, and the soccer had just been cancelled or something. So all their fans came and watched indoor <laughs> hockey with flares and stuff in a stadium that hold about thousand people. So that's sick. They love it. Um, just the atmosphere is great because it's so close and you're inside, so it's just so loud. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Europeans, their fans are in most sports are very good. Good fans. Yeah, they care. And they're loud. And yeah, they don't care if they make an idiot of themselves. <laughs> Absolutely not. That makes a big difference. Um, is it something that you, you try and play a fair bit of? I mean, that was 2015. Have you played much indoor since? Um, I always tried to, um, when I started playing, uh, when I first moved to Perth, I always tried to come back in the summer and mm. play a few games, but it just started to get a bit too hard. And when I'd come back, I'd sort of want to take a break from yeah. hockey. Um, so... Yeah, I haven't played too much recently. I played a couple games at the end of last year when we were back for the New South Wales Pride. Yeah. Um, got a few games in there, which was fun. Yeah. But it's a completely different game, so yeah, it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. The thing is, I think looking at... Um, it's really interesting. We look at we look at the international players, like the Germans and the Dutch and the Belgians or whatever. Anyone who's good at indoor, and they bring a lot of those skills into to outdoor... And I remember watching you in particular um, when I was growing up, like you, and you still do it in outdoor, but you just have this ability to kind of work your way, weasel your way almost out of like just the tightest of spaces on the field. Do you reckon that's something that's an indoor skill or do you reckon that's something that you've always had? And what are you, what are you thinking about when you have like five guys around you all wanting to you and you just kind of like magically get out? Um, I think it might be an indoor skill just because it's so tight, the field's so small and it's tighter. Um, but what I'm thinking about when there's a lot of guys around me, <laughs> it's probably hurt me a couple times or a lot of the time because I take it as a challenge and just want to get out, mm. whereas I probably could pass the ball sometimes. Mm. So it might not be the best mindset to have a lot of the time, but... It works. 
when it comes off it looks good <laughs> so what it's like good like bring more in yeah it's a bit, me, a bit of a challenge it's like something that you look forward to five guys around me I'll try to beat you yeah that's pretty but sweet sometimes it, I look like an idiot do you have any do you have any tips and tricks for any youngsters out there who who want to I don't know rise to a similar challenge oh I always got in trouble because I went to my back stick mm-hmm. but I think the defenders don't expect you to go to your back stick so mm-hmm. if you get good on your back stick they don't expect it and you might still be as controlled as you are in your four stick. Yeah, yeah. And you're quite good, admittedly, like a lot of your stuff is on the ground, which is indoor, but you also have a very nice squeeze and a few jinks and those sorts of things um, in your arsenal, which is very, very nice to see. Okay, a couple more questions. First of all, what's what's next? I mean, I'd, again, back to obligatory FIH player interview, where I'm getting this from. Um, your dream career as an NBA player. Uh <laughs> I don't think... Yeah, I didn't put rugby league player down. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. I think that was a bridge too far. But NBA, I mean, they're a, sh- they're a shorter point guards. Um, but they can dunk. They can dunk, though. Yeah. Can you dunk? Yeah. Might be an issue. Can you shoot? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll scratch that one off the list. But what what is next? Um, you've got your medical sonography. Is there... I mean, you, you're 27. You've still got a fair bit of hockey left in you. Um, what's What are plans? Sorry, I will say, going back to indoor... You're going to play in video? No, no, you, oh. are, you asked if we send a good team to the World Cup. Oh, yeah, and I did. the last team that went came fourth, I think, yep. which was the best finish. Pretty good. And ever. who did they... Basically. I think they lost to Iran in the in the semi. Oh, uh, in the third-fourth match. Maybe. Possibly. I'm not sure. Yeah, but they did very well. So, hockey, do you reckon so, indoor in Australia is on the up? It looks like it, but the, the local comp's definitely up aren't unfortunately yeah, okay. but the team did really well yeah okay. so. maybe they should have a, like a daily training environment for indoor in, <laughs> in Wollongong I wouldn't be against it <laughs> I might finish playing with the good brothers and just do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well segue segue um, what's next well going back to Perth yep. at some point pretty soon probably August-ish yep it's July um, now it's July, July now yeah um, and well we don't know anything about the Olympics at the moment. Yeah, it's nuts. So we'll focus on that for a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, see, see how that goes. goes. <laughs> see if that goes ahead. Um, but yeah, just try to do everything to go to the Olympics if it goes ahead. Um, I have tried to line up some placement to do sonography, yep. which I have found one place. Oh, that's It's good. just a short-term one, though, so it'll okay. just be just get a subject done. Yeah. Um, it's not like a mm-hmm. full-on job or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe look for a job that's not sonography. Just to oh, right. do something else. Like a, a short-term prospect just to well, fill in your time. Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing until like a month ago. But a cardiac technician I can do as an exercise scientist. Really? Yeah, so, so I've made contact with a few places in Perth. What is that? Hopefully. Um... So, you know, ECGs, yeah, that sort of stuff. So, you oh. put ECGs, like the basic stuff, and then you can also like put yeah, people yeah, on yeah. a treadmill and have the ECGs on to see ah. any issues. And okay. So, just like picking up any irregularities with hearts. And yeah. Well, I'd basically just be running the test and then send the it doctor off. that knows gotcha. a lot more than I do. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and um, I know you were lining up a, a stint in Europe. Um, again, obviously, <laughs> caveat, COVID comes into play there but um any intentions to go back and and play over there well i haven't really thought about it since covid started mm. 
just basically had to let them know that I wasn't going to be able to come over yep. like everyone else that was planning to go. Yep. Um, they said they'd be interested to have me down the track. Mm-hmm. So I would love to go live in Europe for a while. It just depends if it fits in. Well, Watch that space. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. A couple of quick questions to finish. Um, do this at the end of every interview. First one is who's the best player you've ever played against and the best player you've played with? Well, the with... Yep. sort of goes against as well okay. Eddie Ockernan yep. um, just playing with him he's played every position now yep. um, and he's played every position Every position, probably better than anyone else yeah. ever has <laughs> so he's easily the best I've played with just he's a freak yep. some of the stuff he does you, you don't know how he, his body moves in a way that most people's can't yep. um, question on that I mean like people say that and it's it's difficult because watching tv um which is where a lot of people really only see their hockey it's it's tough to really tell um i mean like you can tell that he's cut above but i think it's fair to say that training with him every day probably um is a big part of that and what what is it about like can you describe what he's like in training and can you describe a little bit more about um, what makes him so good well firstly you do not want to come up against him in a one-on-one drill because yep. you just you expecting to look like an idiot <laughs> yeah. um, he sort of beats players without moving the ball so I think he moves his hips and shoulders well so he puts players off mm. the defender off mm. to go one way and then he doesn't even have to move the ball and just runs around him because he's quick as well yeah. and skillful so yeah. he's just very silky on the ball but doesn't really have to move the ball that much because he does it all with his hips it's nuts. It's crazy. Um, and he's the best again. I'm gonna I'm gonna veto that answer because like uh, you haven't played against him. Like he's on your team. Oh no, I have another against. Oh here we go. Oh yeah, Eddie also against because in uh, AHL my first year. Yeah. I think you were there watching. I was watching. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Was a young, I remember this. Game. I was a young right winger. <laughs> I remember that didn't touch the ball. <laughs> I ran up, ran back to halfway because they'd scored. Ran, up, ran back to halfway because yeah. they scored. Yeah. Um, but Eddie, we lost 7-1 or something. 7-2 maybe. 7-2. I don't know, it was in Canberra, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was in Canberra. Yeah. Um, and New South Wales people aren't used to losing to Tassie, let alone getting smashed by Tassie. Smashed. Um, and Eddie scored four and earned three penalty corners, which then Luke Dorner flicked in. So he basically scored seven goals. It was nuts. Against us. It was crazy. Yeah, and we didn't have a bad team. No, we had good, team. good team. Good team. Did you guys <laughs> make the finals, did you? Yeah, they did. I didn't play. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. All right, so... And, yeah, the play, uh, playing against, I'll go with um, Tobias Hauker. Yep. Just, well, I've played against him in indoor and outdoor. Yep. And, I don't know, he's just so controlled. Looks like he has a lot of time on the ball, but also quite speedy and skillful. Like, mm. he doesn't... You don't think of him as a speedy player, mm. but he will run around you I learned that in indoor so I think he <laughs> ran around me and flicked on the run and I don't know if it went in but it was it sucks on that crazy um, so yeah he's I don't know just to come he's got I feel like he's combined indoor and outdoor very well with yeah. his skills yeah yeah. as a midfielder as well is he someone that you, you've come up against him a few times do you base your game off him a little bit or are there parts of his game that you, you'd want to emulate or um, I haven't come up against him as much as I thought I would. I've played him a few times, but yep. he did his did he do his ACL? Yeah, possibly his knee. I think he had a kid as well. Yeah, so he sure. was been out a bit in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's more like when I've been playing midfield more so. Yeah, so I haven't played against him a lot, but he's he just you can't get the ball off him. So mm. that's that's a thing I would 
like to be able to do yeah. consistently. Yeah. He can't you can't get the ball off him and he's dangerous attacking wise. Yeah. So. It's a pretty lethal combination. Yeah. Um all right, last question. It's been great. I think I'm gonna target this one around coming back from your long injury. I mean, um obviously it took a long time to get back to, to your best and um you probably would have learned a lot about yourself and a lot about coming back from injury. Is there any advice that you would give to someone who's similarly coming back from an injury and maybe struggling a little bit to find to find their feet? Um, advice for when you're injured is to have something away from hockey. Yeah. Because the first half of my injury, I had nothing. I yep. uh, had finished uni. I was looking for something else to do. And then the second half, I had something that made it a lot easier. Um, and when you're coming back from injury, um, I'd say just uh, don't get frustrated with not being able to do things that you think you should be able to do because mm. that will come back that's what I found when I had the niggles in my hamstring I was getting frustrated because I wasn't as quick yeah. as I thought I should be wasn't as agile as I thought I should be but they come back over time and you might even learn some new skills to compensate for that sort of stuff good answer that's it alright thanks thanks for having me that was brilliant <laughs> let's, go. let's go to the gym that's it for another episode of The Help Side. Special thanks to my production team of David Moore and Tim Collier, plus countless others working behind the scenes to get this to you. You're the real MVPs. Again, if you're liking the show, please like, subscribe, you know the drill, and get in touch with us via our socials. We would love to hear from you. Anyway, that's all, folks. See you next week.